Hey friend, welcome to the Lilypad Network. My name is Savannah and I'm a 20-something who is obsessed with climbing the ranks in public accounting as a CPA, but then realized I wanted more than just my career. On this podcast, we're all about discovering our next thing together. Just like frogs pause on lily pads during their journey, we're pausing on this lily pad to discover that thing. On this journey, we'll also learn how to take care of ourselves along the way so we can show up as the best version of ourselves. Together, we're building a network of lily pads. So girlfriend, let's hop to it. Hi, hello. Welcome back to the LilyPad Network, or if you're joining us for the first time, thank you so much for being here. We are actually going to do a similar episode style to the one a few weeks ago where I shared a passage from Notes on a Nervous Planet by Matt Haig, and I got some really good feedback from listeners that you liked it and resonated with it, and I love creating these types of episodes because, girl, we don't have time to read hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of personal development books and sift through all of the knowledge. So that's what I'm going to do for you. I turned around from my desk, picked a book that I had read and opened up to a page that I had sticky noted and decided that's what we're going to talk about today on the episode. So I don't have any notes besides the book in front of me. And I just think this is going to be a fun episode because we're talking about being busy and stopping wearing busy as a badge of honor. So the book that this is from is Mastering Your Mean Girl, The No BS Guide to Silencing Your Inner Critic and Becoming Wildly Wealthy, Fabulously Healthy, and Bursting with Love by Melissa Ambrosini. I read this book early 2021 and it was just a solid read. I was finding that a lot of personal development books are starting to blend together, but this one for some reason just really, really stuck out to me. So if you give it a read or if you've read it, definitely shoot me a DM because it's a fun book to talk about. So the chapter that this passage is from is Flex Your Self-Love Muscle. And this is how the passage starts. Being busy doesn't mean you stop looking after yourself. It means you fill yourself up even more so you can show up as the best version of you. Stop the glorification of busy. Does this dialogue sound familiar? Hey, how are you? Busy as usual. Yourself? Yeah, really busy. Life just just crazy, you know? Yep, I totally get it. It's crazy busy. We live in a world where it's not only cool to be busy, it's glorified. It's the first thing we say when we greet each other. You're given a pat on the back when you pull a hefty 13-hour day or an all-nighter or if you've rushed around like a mad thing to meet a deadline. We wear our busyness like a badge of honor and we'll proudly tell everyone in our lives how crazy and hectic things are. For me, there's nothing glamorous or sexy about being busy. In fact, it's something I want to steer away from. I don't want to be run off my feet, stressed out, and overwhelmed. Instead, I choose to move through my day with ease and grace. How much nicer does that sound? While we're busting through myths and misconceptions, let's debunk another one. Life isn't about trying to find balance either. I think the idea of striving for balance is unrealistic and kind of destructive. Besides, it doesn't even exist. It's just another thing women use to compare ourselves to one another. We even use it as a self-inflicted weapon to make ourselves feel guilty and unworthy. I spent way too much time at work this week. I'm such a bad mom. I didn't tick everything off my to-do list today. I'm such a failure. Can you believe the awful things our mean girl says to us sometimes? The fact is, there are times when work requires more of me. 
like when I'm hunkering down to write this book or I'm knee-deep in a speaking tour or launching a new online product or program. There are also times when my family or friends need me more and everything else gets pushed to the side so I can show up fully for them. I believe it's all about being present and riding the waves of life. Sometimes one particular area will call for more energy and more love, and it's our job to be so aware and tuned in that we can recognize it and act accordingly. It's all about being adaptable and less rigid. Instead of rigidly striving for balance, tune in to the natural ebbs and flow of life. That's where the magic is. There's something about this passage that's just so beautiful. So Melissa kind of breaks it into two different sections. The, the first one being the glorification of beauty, or of beauty, the glorification of busy. And then the second being finding balance. So let's start with the glorification of busy. I don't know about you, but I absolutely hate when I ask someone how they are and they say, oh, I'm busy. Because yeah, so am I. So is everyone in the world. We all have things on our plate. We're all bouncing around for a million things, but I want to know how you are. Like, how is that project you're working on? How are your kids? How was dinner last night? How is the competition that you're entering for art going? Like, how are the things in your life? How are you mentally? How are you physically? Like, give me the lowdown. And This is a little bit of a tangent, but such a powerful exercise. When I was in college, I was the vice president of an organization, and basically I was in charge of running all of, like, I oversaw all of the committees, and the committees were the ones that planned the events. Anyways, we would have weekly meetings, and the committee heads would kind of talk about their struggles with what they were planning and where they needed support, budgets, you know, all of that fun stuff. And during... The meeting, I made everyone when they walked in the room to put their phone in the basket right when they walked in the room. And everyone was like, Come on, Santa, like, I'm not going to be on my phone. And there was something that happened when everyone put the phone in the basket as soon as they walked in the room because there's connections that are built in the five minutes before a meeting starts. That's when you're asking about how someone is and you learn, Oh, they're really stressed out with their schoolwork or something in their personal life. So I could actually be really helpful with their committee project or, oh, I'm really stressed, but it sounds like this other person might be able to help me or just building those relationships and those connections are so powerful in those first few minutes before a meeting starts. So while it's so tempting to just sit there on your phone, like scrolling, checking emails, so you don't have to have that conversation, put your phone away and actually have the conversations. They're awkward at first of like, oh, how are you? But answer the question. Don't come with the cop out of, oh, I'm just so busy. And I know I'm going to be completely honest. I still say that sometimes. Like if I don't want to engage the conversation, I'm just like, oh yeah, I'm so busy. You're like, I'm fine. But I have it in the back of my mind of more often than not, Savannah, you need to be honest with how you're feeling. It doesn't mean that I'm going to tell a coworker who I don't really want to have a deep relationship with, you know, my life juicy details. I might just be like, oh, I'm having a really good day. Like I've got to spend time with family or, oh, I'm not having a great day. Like there's some family things going on. Even that still opens the door because maybe they do want to know and maybe maybe you do blossom a relationship. 
Or maybe it allows them to be more honest on something that's going well. And so when you have to deliver feedback or when things get hard with work or even relationships, you have a little bit of trust and a little bit of goodwill built up with the other person. I know that was a tangent from the question, like the busyness topic, but just a food for thought to shift away from answering the how are you question or what's new with I'm busy. And you're not going to be perfect at this. Like no one is perfect, of course. But just challenge yourself to catch it and be like, oh yeah, I'm really busy with, and then fill in what you're busy with. And it's bringing me a lot of joy to be busy with all of these things. You can quickly catch yourself and expand on it. And it's hard to stop the glorification of busy, but it takes all of us doing the daily work to make it not so glamorous to be busy all the time. The next little thing that Melissa dive, dove into was finding balance. And she actually put balance in quotes in the book. And I love this idea because nothing is ever going to be perfectly balanced. The imagery she uses of ebbs and flows and the waves is beautiful because I'm guessing if you're listening to this podcast, you're most likely a woman. And women are beautiful cyclical creatures that have a longer cycle than men with our hormones, but it allows us to be more productive during certain times of our cycle and need for more introspective and rest and reflection in other parts of our cycle. And this can apply to our businesses, our family life, our relationship, being okay with just riding the wave. Just like I I would hazard to guess that you're okay not doing your high-intensity workout the first day that menstruation happens. You're like, probably not going to happen. I need to ride the wave and slow down, take care of my body for maybe three days out of the month. If you're okay doing that, start to let that bleed over into all of your other things. There's going to be times where you can pour into relationships and nurture and blossom and watch them grow, but there's also times where you're going to need to pull back and you're going to need to nurture your relationship with yourself or maybe your work relationship or just focus on being with where you are and focus on the ebbs and flows. The next little bit I wanted to share from Mastering Your Mean Girl were how many tips were there. Melissa goes into seven tips for ditching the feeling of being overwhelmed and the busyness trap. So we're just going to go over them briefly because I think they're super powerful. So the first one is start using your calendar, preferably a digital calendar. And she has this whole passage about it. But I think using a digital calendar is really powerful because you can quickly pull it up on your phone and add in, you know, appointments and stuff. But when someone asks you what your priorities are, I personally really want to see their calendar because if they're not scheduling time to record podcasts or work on their Etsy shop or go to the gym or call the friend or go on a date, then that's not a priority in their life. So schedule that time in for yourself because you deserve to go after those those priorities. And using a digital calendar is really helpful for you to see when you have time and when you do not have time. The second thing is make sure you schedule time for you, which is what I literally just said. Um, If you don't have time for yourself, like you can't give to anyone else. And if you don't schedule it in, it's probably not going to happen if you're anything like me. You give and give and give and give to everyone else. And then you get to Sunday at 3 p.m. and you're like, shit, 
I've been taking care of me. I can't fit in a week's worth of me time in like nine hours before I go to bed. That's not going to happen. So doing little things every day, every other day to take care of you. Maybe it's a five-minute walk after dinner. Maybe it is after work. You get in the car, you close your eyes, and you take five deep breaths and consciously decide to leave the drama from work at work and not take it home with you. You have that drive home to just release it and let it go. The third thing that Melissa says to help with ditching overwhelm and the busyness trap is to delegate. This is such a big one. I know for me as an Enneagram one, but I'm guessing as an ambitious woman, you can relate to this is it's hard to ask for help and it's hard to hand things over to other people if you think that you're the only one who can do it right or well. But I've noticed that I have had to ask even Michael for help with chores. Like, of course, he doesn't fold my shirts exactly the way that I want them folded. But are they folded clean and put in the lawn in the dresser? Yeah. Is it good enough? Yeah. Sometimes good enough is good enough. And you don't have to let it be more complex. Do I want Michael recording my podcast episodes for me? No, I can't really delegate that. But I can delegate making dinner while I record a podcast episode. And vice versa. If he has something important, he can delegate making dinner or laundry or picking up groceries or any of those things to me. Again, it's the ebb and flow and riding the wave of life. The fourth thing, which I think goes along with delegate, is asking for help. So Melissa says there's a common misconception that we have to do it all alone. And if we don't, we're a failure. And that's bullshit. When you let go of that and ask for help you start to eliminate that overwhelm and that burnout and wearing busyness as a badge of honor. The fifth thing, and if you've listened to the podcast for any length of time, you know I love this. The fifth thing is to do a brain dump. I love emptying my mind. Just getting everything that's stressing me out on my head needs to be done. I'm worried about I should check on onto a piece of paper because when you declutter your head just a little bit, It helps you feel more grounded and centered, and you realize, oh, I'm actually not that busy. I thought I had a hundred things that needed to get done tonight, but I really just had to fold the laundry and take out the trash. But it felt like a lot more because I was remembering it over and over and over again. The sixth thing is meditate. And Melissa says, and I love this, want to supercharge your productivity? Meditate. But let me guess, you're too busy and don't have time, right? wrong. We all have the same amount of hours in the day, though of course we all have varying degrees of fullness. It's about prioritizing ourselves, scheduling it in your calendar, and then showing up every single day. Meditating allows for you to get still and to let those thoughts just calm down for a little bit. If my head is feeling really, really, really freaking full, I'll do a brain dump before I meditate. And then even while I'm meditating, I will have a sticky note notepad next to me. And if I have a thought that comes to my mind that just will not leave, I just write it down, call mom, pay the bill, whatever it is. If it keeps coming up in my mind, I can write it down and I know that I'm not going to forget it because it's left on that sticky note so I can let it go because I have a reminder for myself. And the seventh thing, which I am guessing if you've been in the personal development world, you've probably heard this before, is eat your frog first. So do the things that you don't like but are important first, then do the things that you like that are important. And then lastly, do the things that you like, but are unimportant. So for example, I 
have been really struggling with my social media and like feeling like I need to show up more and all of that on Instagram. And I'm like, but I could record a podcast or I could outline a podcast or I could do this backend organization of all of these things or I could update my website. And I tell myself, yeah, I can do all of those things and those things are important. But first, I have to spend five minutes creating a reel. And then after that, I can move on. And it's like the reward is doing the thing that's important that I want to do after I do the really hard thing, the frog. I get it over with and I'm I'm done with it. So to recap, because this is a long, not long in time-wise, but long in content-wise episode about busyness, stop glorifying busyness because... We don't need that dialogue anymore in our culture. When someone asks you, how are you? Find a different answer than, oh, I'm just really busy. And then the second part, you're never going to find balance. So ride the waves and learn okay to be with riding the waves and figuring out what needs your attention and when enough is enough. When when can you log off of work? When Have you had enough family time and taking care of that so that you can prioritize and harmonize everything in your life? So I hope you enjoyed this episode. It's so fun for me to take personal development books and share a passage with you and kind of riff on it for a little bit. So if you enjoyed it, definitely send me a message on Instagram. And thank you so much for being here. And I hope you have a great, calm, and easeful rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening today. If you love this episode, I'd be honored if you shared it with a girlfriend. Like stop right now and text her the link or post it on social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me get the message out. Together, we're building our network of lily pads. I'm so happy to hop through life together. Until next time.